Welcome to the Manage My Wedding podcast, where we believe your wedding is the most important time in your life and you deserve to feel supported and organised when planning the wedding of your dreams. I'm your host, Yvette Sitters. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Manage My Wedding podcast. For those of you who follow me on Instagram, you would know that I absolutely love wedding cakes. I love everything about them. They are—they look stunning these days. You can truly get some magnificent cakes, but they also taste amazing. And I'm really thrilled today about this podcast because I'm talking with Alexandra the late night baker who makes the most delicious cakes and we get to talk all things cake, but we, she's going to give you some really great wedding tips and she's just going to give you the ins and outs of what goes into making a wedding cake and help you step through that. We actually recorded this podcast at the beginning of COVID-19. For those that might not be listening in real time, it's the beginning of July, 2020. And in Australia, we're very lucky because we're coming kind of out of COVID-19. Well, where I live, we are. And there's a lot of weddings that are allowed to take place again. So I've sort of been holding on to this episode and waiting for things to kind of get a little bit better. So I know for many of you, there still aren't. And I hope that you all get to have your beautiful, magnificent wedding soon. But I'm sure you're going to enjoy this podcast because it's going to get you thinking about your wedding cake and what you might want to do. But today's podcast is brought to you by the free Manage My Wedding ebook. The Manage My Wedding ebook is my top 101 wedding tips, and they will help take your wedding to the next level. And I also cover things that you would not have thought about before. The free ebook can be downloaded at managemywedding.com. Today, I'm thrilled to have Alexandra from The Late Night Baker join me on the podcast. I met Alexandra through her beautiful sister, Claudia, who's from Delight in Me Designs, who I'm very thrilled that I sell products for. And she introduced me to Alexandra at an event in Sydney. Alexandra made the most delicious cake for this event. It was honestly the tastiest, most moist cake I had ever eaten. And I knew in that moment that I had to know her. So welcome to the podcast, Alexandra. Hello. Thank you for a lovely introduction. <laughs> oh, look, it's so true. That cake was amazing. I'm oh. glad you enjoyed it. It's uh, one of my most popular flavors, that one, the chocolate mud. Oh, I couldn't stop eating it. <laughs> I have to admit, I have had quite a few dry wedding cakes in my time, and but yours was by far my favourite. It was even better than my own wedding cake. So there you go. Well, <laughs> oh, you're welcome. But as I said, it's, I'm very excited to have you. Thank you for joining me. Before we get into the podcast, can you tell us about why you created The Late Night Baker and how the life of a cake artist came about for you? It's kind of a long-winded story, so I'll try to keep it succinct. Basically, I always have had a love for food ever since I was a young child. I think that sort of is part and parcel with my culture as being to a Greek and Italian background. So food was really present in my life all the time. And then I studied hospitality and food technology during high school and just loved it. So I loved creating different types of flavors and combining flavors to create new ones. And so just loving the science of cooking, I suppose. So that was kind of in the background always and still is in me today, which is great. But I actually didn't get into food or working in the food industry outside of school. 
I actually fell into social work, which I think as an 18 year old, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And so I applied to be a social worker after hearing about it, thinking that would be a good fit for me. And then after I finished my degree, I went to do yeah, social work in the child protection sort of sector yeah. for about four years. So I enjoyed that. And I, you know, I still do part-time social work now, but I wanted something more creative at the time. And I think I always wanted to open up my own business because if I were to think back to my six-year-old self, I wanted to open up a cake and a florist shop combined sort of together called Bouquake because that <laughs> little dream so if I think if I just sort of listen to my six-year-old self I may have started my cake business a little sooner than my 20 I think I was about 26 when I started the business so yeah but yeah hopped into doing my own business wanted something of my own and I basically quit my job literally just quit my job and jumped into it which was a bit naive when you sort of look back on it but it's gotten to where I am today and I've really enjoyed how it's sort of come to be so that's kind of like the initial part of the story there. But in terms of cakes, I I actually started out thinking I'd do Rocky Road and trying to get those onto sort of store shelves. But I found that when I created my Facebook page, I was getting inquiries from, you know, locals in my community who were saying, you know, do you do cakes? Do you do cupcakes? We'd like to order something. And so I just started to listen to my customers and what they wanted. And like my usual self, threw myself in, took up the orders and found that I was quite good at creating wedding cake and not wedding cakes but cakes in general and cupcakes and things like that and it just kind of snowballed from there so that's kind of how it all happened I I love that I love how you like were six years old and you wanted like what did you call it boot cake cake I know I should trademark it just because anyone that is so good buy that domain I love it it's so great (laughs) well I think that you definitely chose the right industry because oh who doesn't love dessert and cake but (laughs) How many people, and if they don't, I don't know. Will I get along with them? I'm not sure. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Always room for dessert at my house. I tell you that. (laughs) Stomach. Yes. Yeah. But I know that I much. Like that wedding cakes, you know, over time they've like really evolved. Oh, I remember cakes when I was a little girl and how different and, and basic they were. And everyone had, um, what was it called? Marzipan or? Yeah, that? like fondant or marzipan over the top of the cake. Yeah, that was really all you could get for a wedding cake. But, you know, so. they've completely changed now. And I still don't believe though that people quite understand or appreciate how much work goes into making those cakes these days. Can you just tell our listeners and give them a little bit of an insight into the work and the hours that it actually takes to make a wedding cake? Yeah, sure. So yeah, like like you said, I think people don't understand what goes into it. You know, I generally can get people who inquire and I'm not most people are pretty good, but you might get a few people who are quite shocked at the price. And then I suppose when you sort of share what does go into it, they're just like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So for, essentially it starts from the inquiry. So if you sort of inquire with me, you're going to get a bespoke service from the beginning through to the end, depending on whether you decide to go with me or not. So it's a really personalized service and unique to you. And I try to do a balance between, you know, what my design flair is, but also keeping that in line with what the bride or the groom want and how they want that cake to reflect their personality and their relationship and how it sort of presents in at their venue for their reception. So that's kind of like a big part of, you know, the process. I then obviously do quotes and I amend those quotes depending on, you know, what we sort of change. And then it goes into, you know, once you've sort of gone with me and said, yeah, happy to move forward, we move through to, you know, purchasing the ingredients, to baking the cake, to decorating the cake, liaising with florists and venues, you know, 
know, the delivery and the setup fee and depending on where you've got it, you know, sometimes I have to drive out to the Hunter Valley. So there's a lot of time that is taken out of my day to be able to sort of deliver a wedding cake. So, you know, and then all under, under all of that is the years of experience that I've had perfecting techniques and um, just learning everything myself and, and being, you know, in this industry and all that sort of information I've gathered over time sort of gets put into every cake that I do. So there's a lot that really does go into it. And I suppose in terms of hours, it's funny. I think that I've actually gotten faster at doing what I'm doing because of all the extra practice that I've had. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it kind of works in reverse, but it still does take a considerable amount of time. I mean, you can't shorten the baking time and decorating time has gotten faster, but yeah, there's lots of things that I can't make go any faster if that makes yeah. sense yeah I do yeah. and I think that and that just people you know I think that they forget that it's not just a packet mix that you're putting together and then decorating like you said so much work goes into it but also the lead up you know the communication with the customer the ordering of what you need delivering oh and I always say to brides and grooms get your cake delivered do not go and get someone to pick it up because if someone drops that or damages them on the way, and I know that that has happened many times before for my clients, there's nothing you can do about it. No, so do, I, you, do you always say that as well? I, for, it depends on the size of the cake. So any tiered cakes, I mm -hmm. deliver and set up at a venue to ensure freshness and safety. And I also place flowers on cakes at the venue to keep them as fresh as possible. Yeah. But yeah, if it's a single tiered cake, I actually don't mind if couples pick it up. So I've got, or, or a friend of the couple picks it up. So I had one that was in the Blue Mountains and she had a, a single tiered cake and had the groomsmen pick it up, which I was surprised with, but they did a good job. <laughs> he would have been so nervous. They were very nervous. Oh, I feel sorry for them. <laughs> I think my husband would be like, no, I'm not doing that job. I'll do anything else, but not that. <laughs> it is stressful. It's, and it took me a really long time to figure out a system that works for delivery because initially, you know, I was trying the whole, have the stacked cake in the car, pop it on the seat. And then, you know, it's just, it's not fun and I'm tense driving and it's not safe when you're driving. So I was like, what can I do? And I've now created a, a good system for myself that makes me feel really secure and that the cake's going to be fine. So I actually have the cakes the tiers are separated. They're just sitting in their own boxes and then I stack yep. them at the vent. There's no room for, for any sort of error unless a car accident happens and yeah. touch wood, I haven't had any of that, which is great. So, And that is something that is completely out of your control. And I yeah. always say to brides and grooms that, you know, you can't control some of these things that happen on your wedding day. And if that happens, uh, that's just a bad luck, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's nothing you could do about that. But I know personally that I much prefer wedding cake over dessert at a wedding. Everyone is different, but I love cake, as I said before. I think dessert is a waste and it's often not even eaten because people are up on the dance floor. They're having a good time. They don't want to think about going back and sitting down to eat the dessert that the venue sometimes puts together for them. And sometimes that's just an added expense. Is this something that you usually would agree on? And what would you suggest to your bridal couples when they're trying to decide or consider this? It's a bit of a mixture because I think not all couples get a choice depending on the venue they go with. Some of the desserts come as a package with the catering. So, yeah, it really does depend on the whole scenario and the context of, of that venue. 
but I'm finding, yeah, the same people generally like the wedding cakes over desserts. Um, but if they don't have a choice and they, you know, have to pick a dessert through the venue and then also want a cake, they can adjust the, the size of the cake to accommodate as well, because not everyone, like you said, eats cake. And then those that are still drinking, I find that men in particular don't tend to gravitate towards cake as much as women do. So you're also sort of cutting out a big portion of your guest list there. So when people come to me and say, I've got, you know, 180 guests, I'll say to them, well, you don't always need to have a cake that, you know, that can feed 180 people. Yeah. Uh, you can actually scale it back and maybe a hundred's more appropriate and you can still get a nice three-tiered cake or, you know, depending on the size you want. Yeah, just, yeah, depending on those the people that you have and sort of scaling it back. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And sometimes there's roving desserts. I know that they've got, you know, yes. cakes like the venues will have them on canapes and walk around. But I have had that at a, a wedding before where I was a guest and I was on the dance floor and it was really weird eating and dancing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't stop and put my drink down and stop dancing to probably take that dessert. No, or I'd probably yeah. pick it up and then yeah, a bit awkward, isn't it really? <laughs> it's a bit awkward. It's like chewing and dancing and, you know, it's just a little odd. But, <laughs> I, but I'm actually a bad, one of those people though that I go and find the cake, the wedding cake, and I eat the cake and then I usually also take a peek home. But not many people do that, but I like both. <laughs> in like a serviette or something. Exactly, whatever I can find, I tell you. It's not always in the best shape by the time I get it home and find it in the morning, but I do try and take some home. I think I was going to mention, like, at my wedding, it was it was really funny because I know I'd mentioned, you know, men in general might not tend to go towards cake, if like if they're still drinking beers or, you know, scotch or whiskey or whatever they're doing. But at my wedding, it was a completely different story and maybe it's because I am a baker and I have that reputation of cooking all the time. And so we had a dessert station and there was a line and my sister said she's never seen anything like it before because <laughs> I had three different flavors in a three-tiered cake and my one of my other you know relatives made baklava and then there was like oh. biscuits fruit platter and then it was just this line halfway down the venue and like we had it in a barn so it was pretty funny to see that many people lining up and a lot were men so <laughs> it kind oh. of proved wrong a little bit but yeah, no, it was a cool event. That's yeah. like amazing. And I know if I was at any event that had your cake, I'd be lining up for it because I know how good it is. So <laughs> I don't blame them. Tell me, what's the most favourite flavour? What's your most popular? Yeah, chocolate by far is, is my it? most favourite. But the top three would be, yeah, so chocolate. Then I'd find the white chocolate mud comes a close second. Yeah. And then oh, the third's generally vanilla. People, if they want to keep it simple and easy and, you know, I think that most people will just be happy with a vanilla cake. They can have that, but sometimes caramel mud's up there as well. Oh, that's my favourite. I love caramel. Good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. (laughs) Anyway, that's a bit off track, but oh, I just could talk about (laughs) cake flavours forever. (laughs) I, I did a post some time ago on Instagram regarding wedding cakes. And in that post, I had shared a really beautiful image of a cake that you had made. It was actually for a competition that we were running together with some other beautiful businesses as well. And in that post, I talked about how you can save on your wedding cake and ensure that the wedding cake gets eaten. And I gave lots of different tips and examples for that. But in tip two, I talked about styrofoam and fake Mm -hmm. tears and I know that you jumped on Instagram and you actually enlightened me to something I didn't know before. And I wanted to talk about this on the podcast because I know that many future brides and grooms also don't know this. And you mentioned to me that having fake tears or styrofoam is not a cheaper option. So can you just explain 
to the listeners about what you were saying to me? Yeah. So it's, it's not always a cheaper option. It depends on the baker. And I mean, I'm speaking for myself and probably other people who are other bakers who work with buttercream over fondant or marzipan. Mm -hmm. So yeah, essentially, I mean, you have to buy the foam cakes, which they're not expensive, but they're also not all that cheap. And when you sort of work out how many, how much, you know, you'd spend on the ingredients to create that same size cake, it wouldn't be all that dissimilar. So um, I find that that's sort of the first point. And the second point is I, I think they take that well, for me anyway, they take so much longer to decorate because they're so light. They don't have any weight to hold them down when you're actually sort of turning them on the turntable and trying to get that nice finished sort of buttercream look and the sharp edges and all of that. So I end up spending a considerable amount of time trying to do that and getting that same look as I would on a real cake. I mean, for me, that just doesn't make any sense. And I'd rather just make the cake and and have an extra tier for a person or, you know, it means there's either leftovers or more cake can get eaten by their guests. And so for me, that's just more important there. But also the fact the environmental impact is is not great. So, you know, styrofoam doesn't break down very well. It can last in particles for hundreds of years and it's not great for animals either if they sort of ingest it. So for me, as you know, a little bit of an environmentalist, I don't, yeah, I don't really like using any foam cakes so in saying that that, I have used them before but only for wedding expos and I reuse them so I've used them three times so I essentially just Uh wipe all the water off which takes me ages but I'd rather recycle what I've used yeah okay that that totally makes sense and that's really really good to know I like anything as well that's better for the environment but I also think it's so nice to have leftover cake it gets used so much you know people don't realize that you can eat it the next day with everyone when you're celebrating at that post wedding function you can freeze it and cakes freeze there's so many things you can do with wedding cake it never gets wasted there's so many people that want it especially parents afterwards very true and if you're those people that wants to have that cake to freeze for the following year know that that the anniversary you know first anniversary cake it can be done potentially with a mud cake so if you have that extra tier which you know is a mud cake you could freeze it for the next year and sort of celebrate your first anniversary with your wedding cake which is kind of cool so yeah um, yeah yeah that's great do you get many people that come to you that say I don't know I've got to have a wedding cake but I don't know what I want help me like they just from scratch don't know or do they generally come and give you pictures what do you find most common most common would be the ones that do have an idea of what they're wanting and it could just be a bit of a color scheme or they've already spoken to their florist and they'll show me the flowers that they have or that they're wanting and I kind of derive the colors for the cake from there but yeah I do get a few people who come through and are like I have zero clue what I'm what I want and it could be because they haven't even thought about the other parts of their wedding yet so they've just come to me wanting to book me in but not knowing what they want and that's perfectly fine I actually can still book people in without actually getting too many specifics so um like a you know a deposit and that secures people's orders for the day and then we can sort of adjust as we go and if things change down the track I don't mind amending orders as well yeah especially because I think that a lot of people sometimes their style changes or they change yeah. their color scheme or they might change their flowers and then they're going to change what they have with you. Yeah, you're right. And particularly if they've got long engagements, you know, like you said, tastes change or something might not happen. They might not get the florist they want. And then all of a sudden the, the colors are different or the bridesmaid dresses change and everything sort of ties in with each other. So yeah. right. Things can change over time. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I remember I just, I had kept, saved lots of pictures of the cakes I liked and I think Pinterest was just new then. So I just started pinning on Pinterest. And then I went to my husband with like my three favorite cakes and I was like, which one do you like the most? And he was like, I want that one. And I was like, excellent. Great. <laughs> you got to pick the cake. And he was so happy because he thought he picked the cake. But <laughs> 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 so bridal for couples whoever is the main organizer just do that and they feel so included <laughs> so tell us lastly uh, it's been so nice to chat to you but tell us uh, lastly what is your number one wedding tip for bridal couples planning a wedding number one top of my list that I've got here in front of me because I want to be prepared and I you, generally prepared. you're welcome to tell us more if you have them but <laughs> I is be organized and it's funny because I've literally written a list about what I wanted to talk about this because I'm a list person and I'm organized in general so being organized having an excel spreadsheet is probably the best word of advice I could give to anyone who is embarking on, on you know organizing their wedding it's impossible to remember everything so you know making sure that you have a list there that you know what you're doing and maybe putting a bit of a timeline of when those things need to be completed by just because you know there's lots of things to consider around you know other vendors book up really quickly venues book out quickly so you know you're doing anything within a year I'd be hopping onto those quite quickly that would be like my first thing and then also leaning on others for support and you know to be able to delegate tasks to those that you trust to to Mm. deliver on those tasks oh that's so important so important (laughs) Yeah, I need to get better at that. Myself. I actually did a whole podcast on that topic. Okay. About, yeah. It's called Delegate Like a Boss. <laughs> How to Delegate <laughs> Like a Boss. <laughs> yeah, it's an art. And if you're not comfortable with sharing tasks and you think, you know, it's better just doing it yourself, it's hard to share those tasks with other people. Oh, and there's so much to do for weddings and people sometimes don't realize until they're really in the thick of it or they're only a couple of months out and they're really stressed because they haven't got everything done. So you do need to lean on people. Yes, definitely. And like you said, that lasted a couple months before the wedding. You don't realize just how quickly those eight weeks go. And so having all those other items that you want ticked off, like especially the big ticket items done well in advance, it's important to get them done before you hit that last two months because things creep up and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. And that's inevitable no matter how organized I think you are. There are things that crop up that you're like, oh, how do I not think about that? Or why isn't it on my list? Yes. (laughs) And that's why in the app, we actually, and those that listen that are using the app, are we at the very end in the last month? I even have tips in there that are like, um, I even have to do list items that are actually write your MC thank you card, pack your bridesmaids gifts. Like is that detailed? Cause people don't realize everything takes so long. Yeah, totally. And, and they don't get any sleep the last week because of all those little things that took so long. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, I did. I do wish I had the Manage My Wedding app before I actually organised my wedding. I mean, I managed it on my own. I say on my own because I wasn't very good at delegating. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm not I created, But, you know, having to think about all these little things, I it was just purely trying to ask other people what they did or seeing what other people did and making note. But if I had an app like yours to sort of run through it and tick off as I go, that would have been really helpful in not having to think about it in the first place. Yeah. So, so everyone download the app. <laughs> oh no Um, they're great tips can I ask you how far out do some of your bridal couples book you what's the longest that you've ever had someone book you out yeah kind of crazy but I I say that nicely (laughs) like (laughs) or at least a year and a half or two years I find it's a bit bit far ahead for me Um, however I'll still sort of 
put it down on you know my order tracker. But yeah, mm-hmm. two years is probably the furthest one out. Otherwise, yeah, I've had a couple that sort of got in touch with me about two months out. Or one was one month. That was the shortest one I had. It was like 30 days. And I thought I wasn't going to be able to deliver on it, but in the end it worked out and she's been such a wonderful customer ever since and, you know, had a, had a baby and wanted, you know, all the sort of other bits and pieces that come with, you know, organizing an event, like little sort of cakes and cupcakes. So she's been so lovely. And that's so nice. I love hearing that. It's amazing how many people, when you organize a wedding, you're in touch with so many different suppliers and it's amazing how many times you end up using those same supplies again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's it's great. great and you've had a good experience with them. So it's, um, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Great. Can uh, I just add as well, the yeah. other thing, I mean, it's, it's obvious, but having an idea of budget is really important. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm sure you've mentioned that before in several of your podcasts, but yeah, having a budget from the outset and then tracking, having like a cost, like, well, not cost, sorry, um, yeah, a budget tracker. So, you know, writing everything down, how much it costs so that you don't get caught out towards the end. I've had a couple who needed to downsize their wedding because I think all the costs caught up with them towards the end and they realized they actually had overshot it by a lot. So that's something you don't really want to happen. You don't. And you know, when you do that, the only way you can actually reduce costs is by reducing the numbers. And that is so hard to do. It is. Yeah. Really yeah. tricky to, to decide who's no longer invited. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to no not at all definitely not but it is each guest number is what makes up you know most of the budget it's very true yeah that's that's a good one I love it thank you there you have got great tips we could probably talk about these all day actually I think (laughs) (laughs) oh but thank you so much I'm sure that you have given all our listeners some really great tips and ideas and help them understand you know, all the artistry that goes into making cake and all the hours and dedication. So please tell us where can everyone find you? Yeah. So I'm across Facebook and Instagram as well as I have, and I have my own website as well. So you can find my website on Instagram in my bio and on Facebook as well in my about section, but I'm the late night baker. So on Instagram it's the dot late night baker. And yeah, generally, if you want to inquire through there, you can send me a DM and I'll direct you to the website just for all inquiries. And in my inquiry form, I have lots of questions there that get you thinking about what kind of cake you want as well. As So that's where you can find me. Oh, that's great. And I will pop that in the show notes for everyone too. If you want to go back and, and check out exactly where to find Alexandra. And Alexandra mentioned earlier to me before we started recording that she's got a fantastic offer for the Manage My Wedding listeners. Yeah, so anyone who listens to the podcast get a 10% discount on any wedding cake order that they make through me. And that'll last for four weeks after the release of this podcast or the date that you see today, I suppose, uh, of the podcast. So yeah. And you can find that on my, if you just click the the, the drop down part that says, how did you find me or how did you hear about me? Just click the manage my wedding or let me know in your inquiry that you heard the podcast and you'll get that discount. Oh, that is so lovely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Alexandra. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me and Alexandra today on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed chatting with Alexandra. And I hope you really got something out of it and have an idea now about what you want to do with your wedding cake because they are certainly a gorgeous piece of your wedding. So make sure you spend the time and that you're happy with what you choose. And if you enjoyed the episode, please make sure that you hit subscribe so that you can 
get our Monday weekly podcast dropped in to you. And until next time, enjoy being engaged, staying stress-free and feeling organized while planning the wedding of your dreams. 